Hi and welcome along to this week's edition of the Rodcast with me, Paul Johnson. Hope you're good, hope you're well. Oh, it's been a bit of a hectic week, to be honest. I was down Devon for uh, eight days um, and I did get some fishing done. Tell you all about that. Uh, species, we're going to be talking about conga eel. That's myth and the legends around conga eels. Try and tell you how to catch them off the shore. And in the Tackle on Test feature, as I said, I had been down Devon and I did go fishing with a sea tech wedge. That's a classic saltwater lure for bass and I'll tell you all about that in our Tackle on Test. So welcome along, one and all, to this week's edition of the Rodcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, it's that tackle on test time of day, and it wouldn't be fair if I went on holiday down to Devon without doing a bit of fishing Oh no, I hear you cry. Has to be done, especially with those beautiful beaches around Devon just waiting to be fished. And what I thought I'd do is I didn't want to take any bait or buy bait or dig bait. I thought I'd go for a bit of light spinning off of the beaches of Devon. One such beach was Budley Sortenton, which was a lovely beach which had a river flowing into the sea where it joins the sea, a fast flowing sort of river about 12, 13 foot across. Um, where all the kids were swimming and diving and playing in and kids on surfboards and all sorts of things and out to sea because it was a sunny day there was lots of windsurfers kayakers and all sorts I thought oh my word how am I going to fish here but across the little river that entered the sea um, was a rocky outcrop of Budley Salterton which I've heard is a good bass spot be it all a bit weedy but I actually took a couple of bits of kit with me including a new lure that I brought just before I left and that was the Sea Tech Wedge Bass Lure. Brilliant little thing. Great thing I like about these is they come in four different weights. I never knew how fast I was going to have to cast or how far I was going to have to cast with these. So uh, not knowing the Devon waters that I was going to fish in as I was a holiday maker. But I brought a 38 grams, a 50 gram one. They do come in 75 grams and 28 grams as well. They're a nice little lure. They're very shiny. They're all metal. They've got the red tail fin, which is bright red, just or just in front of the treble hook at the bottom of the lure. They're very aerodynamically shaped, and I'm a big fan of holographic 
lures and this has got at least half of the lure covered in a holographic pattern which was interesting to see in the clear waters of Devon when I was reeling this in how it darts about and glistens in the water looks really good as a lure actually the great thing about this lure of course is it, it comes in all these different ways as I say and I picked up the 50 gram one and the 75 gram one the 75 gram one probably a bit more suited to boats because it is a bit of a beast but certainly the 50 gram really suited me well I was using 15 pound line with a little leader on out of braid and it really did cast well the shape of this lure is good okay I had the wind behind me on this particular day and having waded across the stream nearly falling over I got myself quite close to the rocks but I found casting towards the rocks the lure was getting covered in weed which would never hope in hell of being seen but just to the right of the rocky outcrop is where I was targeting and where I was trying to cast into when I was looking for some bass it really did cast well and the great thing about the water down there is that it's clear and I could see my lure doing its job really well it's got a nice wobbling action this sea tech wedge really does look like a fish and that holographic uh, finish on it really does sort of glisten as well it can also be perked this if you was on a boat you can actually dip it down and bring it up as almost like a like you would do with a perk but this lure really does cast well and this is where it comes in its own casting off the beach now sadly i didn't get any bass i did have one take which scared the living daylights out of me i've got to say because it was i think it was coming it was a bass that maybe had a go at my lure on top of the water rod really dipped and pulled uh, unfortunately i missed it probably because the bass went for the top half of the lure where the holographs are and didn't manage to get itself hooked having said that it's a great lure i definitely use it again because even in the sort of slightly tinged waters i could see this lure being seen quite easily but certainly in clear water condition the sea tech wedge really did work well and i'm going to buy a couple more of these as we enter the autumn the spinning season is nearly over i guess as the water clouds over a bit but um i will try it when i get home up to my usual spinning locations uh, down here and that is the sea tech wedge it's a good one and the great thing about them is there only $1.99 or thereabouts each? So you can buy a bunch of them. All good stuff. That's your tackle on test for this week on the Rodcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, a brand new podcast bringing together people's real ghost, extraterrestrial and paranormal stories, as well as getting some inside details from those who study the supernatural. I'll be listening through your paranormal stories every week and try to understand them, as well as chatting about my own encounters with an occasional paranormal investigator too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts from, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Acast. Just search for Paranormal Activity with Yvette Fielding. Well, well, well. Have you ever been conga fishing yourself? Have you ever caught the monsters of the deep, the conga eel? Well, that's what we're talking about in our species now, the conga eel. Now, I think the conga eel's got a bit of a bad press, actually. Yes, there has been reports of this huge big eel attacking divers and biting them, but that's very, very rare that actually happens. There was a story out a good few years ago that it bit a diver's face and it was all over the newspaper but um probably because it kind of probably misconstrued the diver's face mask as a little fish or something and didn't really mean to attack quite often divers who see them in the rocks because that's where they live mainly and the wrecks they just sit there and wait for a passing fish to go by before they eat it mind you they have got big teeth and they are a very strong fish with big eyes and they can grow up to a huge size the scientific name for these beasts if you can call them a beast you shouldn't really um, is conga conga Not much different to what we call them congas also known as the european conga they grow up to a maximum size of at least 200 pounds but the uk sure caught average i suppose is between 5 and 25 pounds i've only ever caught one it was out in the estuary on the river medway a small one quite a large head on it uh, lots of teeth did give me a big fight when i brought it in but it was a not a really big fish other than that i've not had any experience of catching big conga the minimum size you'll get is about 36 inches when they're very young the uk shore court record for this this is off the shore not off the boats is 68 pounds eight ounces you really imagine that that's humongous catch that off of the shore they're mostly found around the western coast of the british isles really um, they can be caught elsewhere in britain but they're very few and far between in much smaller numbers they can be around other rocky outcrops of the uk but mainly it has to be said it's the western coast of the british isle out up opposite ireland etc etc is where they tend to be there are fish that will hunt down fish species if it can find it to eat uh, but they're also happy to scavenge around really um, for injured fish or whatever they're a long snake-like muscular body and they do get confused with the silver eel sometimes if you get a very large silver eel um, you get misconstrued as a conga but there's quite a lot of difference between conga and actual silver eels as well and um, you can usually tell them apart quite easily the conga eel tends to have 
a long dorsal fin which starts just behind its head and goes all the way down its body and the upper jaw on these conger eels protrudes out further. With the silver eel it's completely different. The silver eel's dorsal fins tend to start at least halfway down their body and behind their pectoral fins and their lower jaw extends out um, um, so that's how you tell the difference and also uh, conger eels have got a much bigger eye um, do hunt with their eyes as well both of these species are covered in slimy but the silver eel is generally considered more slimy than the conger eel can't really tell these by the color because it depends where they spend most of their time and um, if they spend their time in a kelpie area then the colors are likely to be darker the uk silver eel uh, record is only 11 pounds uh, which conger are much bigger as we all know um, so that's how you tell them Part. Their reproduction and breeding pattern is quite strange. They grow up really, really fast from 1977, the classic fisherman's handbook. They said that a three pound conger kept in Southport Aquarium reached 69 pounds in just four years. And another of similar starting size of about three pound reached 90 pound in five years. So they do grow very quick. But despite growing rather fast, little is known about the ages of which conger actually become sexually mature. It's thought that males may need to reach at least five years old in order to reproduce, and females need to be up to 10 years old. So it's always a good thing if you're going to catch them, put them back. They have quite a long lifespan, and they are a lovely fish that we need to save and uh, keep it from going extinct, obviously. Plenty of them around at the moment, but you never know when these could easily slip onto the endangered species. Apparently, once they're able to reproduce, the conger has a very interesting and unusual breeding cycle. I think at some point, I'm reading up on these, after the congers become sexually mature, the whole fish changes in the conger. They stop feeding altogether. The skeleton loses body mass and becomes much weaker and slimmer. And apparently, the head changes shape as well. And the female's body actually swells up these fish, the conger, then swim several thousand miles from the western coast of the UK all the way to the subtropical areas of the Atlantic. Places like the Azores, and as we know from my last time I spoke about eels, the Sargasso Sea, very popular breeding ground for all sorts of eels, and the conger are no different. Once they're there, the female conger, once they've reached the Sargasso Sea, she lays her eggs, which are all fertilised by the male, and then shortly after this is done, both eels actually die. Really strange. The fertilised eggs then float around and then the eels hatch out and after two years the young eels will be around six inches to eight inches long and then they begin to swim all the way back to Europe, back to the western coast of the UK and surrounding areas of Europe. Very strange indeed, but we all know that eels do have a very strange life circle. They're kind of mythical creatures. The conger has also uh, had a bad press, as I've said, known as the monster fish, you know, it's been known to have bite babies' feet if they're dangling over the rocks in the sea, most of which is a load of old nonsense. They're really not that bad. And divers know from their experience that swimming out in the wrecks where predominantly conger tend to live, they're quite happy to dive away and swim away from a diver um, once they come down. They're usually targeted 
around wrecks. They're not really targeted by commercial fishermen, um, although sometimes they're caught as a bycatch and when they're targeting other species due to the poor reputation of conger eels as a food, there's a very limited market for them. Not many people actually eat conger and most of them get thrown back, especially in the European countries. Sometimes they return them if they die into fish meal uh, or bait for crab and lobster pots but they're not really an edible fish so how do we catch these beasts well um, due to the size of these things the way to go is to look for rough ground they inhabit very rough rocky weedy kelpy ground this is where you're going to catch them and target them specifically at the bigger eels you want to heavy duty tackle you want a stiff beach caster big multiplier reel something like a seven or eight thousand size reel if you're going to be using a fixed ball, make sure you've got a really big, chunky fixed ball to do this. These are the right equipment to use um, to hook and land these long conga eels. They do really fight as well. Um, but it's the heavy rock mark access to deep water for fishermen, for shore anglers, which is where you'll find them. Meaning using big, chunky multiplier reels is fine. Big, thick line, because you don't have to cast far for them. They're going to be living around the rocks virtually below your feet. So great distances not really needed when you're fishing for conga eels. Rigs, well, you need wire snoods. They have got a really serious set of dentures on them. Do be careful when you unhook these because they will uh, cut your finger quite badly. They've got quite a strong jaw, especially when they're panicking and you're trying to get a hook out. Take care with them. We tend to use wire snoods when fishing for conga. A 150-pound mono line is usually used as the conga's teeth can cut through normal mono and, and heavy gauge mono quite easily with their teeth they're very strong very headstrong and what they tend to do is they grab the line with their teeth shake their head and before you know it you've lost your big conga big hooks big baits is how you do this size 6-0 to 10-0 hooks are very necessary indeed and a very strong hook as well you want a big thick strong hook tend to use the big hooks with the big barbs up the stem at the shank of the hook as well to hold on your bait. Good choice is the WSB Tackles Mono Conga Trace. Uh, there's lots of companies that do conga traces. The WSB's uh, rig is a pretty good rig. It features an 8-0 hook, size 4-0 crane swivel, 200-pound line, heavy-duty monofilament line, making it ideal for anglers targeting conga around the rocks of the British Isles. Not bad. You can buy these rigs for about two quid, two pound fifty as well. They tend to be very simple rigs with one hook, maybe two hook panel. Uh, use them as well. Uh, that's usually just to hold the bait on as well. Well, mackerel baits are the most commonly used bait uh, to catch large conger with mackerel flappers, mackerel heads, and fillets, all proven to catch these species. Full, big, fat squid usually do well as well cuttlefish are another good bait and the mackerel also the fish that is like a mackerel called the bluey while some anglers do use rockling and pouting as bait because what you've got to remember they're just like any other predator you know they'll eat whatever's around them and if there's an injured pouting or an injured whiting then they're much likely to take that as well as they would do any mackerel if it's hungry it's going to take a fish bait and it's not going to be fussy 
what fish that actually is. Whiting, pouting, if you're out catching these and you want to go for conga, you can catch a few of these. Put a conga trace on if your rigs and your reel is big enough and you can fish with those. Otherwise, um, you know, mackerel is a very good bait for this fish. The very roughest and heaviest ground is where you're going to catch these fish. There's the highest chance of catching conga around these rough grounds. And tackle loss is going to be obvious. You know, you're going to lose a lot of tackle fishing for this. Uh, the rocks, whatever there is down there, that's perfect conga environment. As I say, out in the sea uh, for the boat anglers, then over wrecks is by far the best place to catch these. But for us shore anglers, then, you know, you need to find a deep, rocky marks some of the rotten bottom rigs can be good use a weaker link to your weight uh, use the cheapest lead weight you can find or even people do use some big heavy nuts and bolts as well as bottom weights just to get your bait down to where the conga might be it's an old trick we used to use off of dover semfire ho used to use spark plugs when we're rass fishing there and bass fishing so you know, if you're ever losing it, you're just losing a spark plug, not your lead weights, uh, which is quite an old trick that some of us anglers get up to. Um, Short-range conga rigs are usually quite good as well. This is a rig that's been very popular for, for conga. What you do here is you have your main line, which is really heavy, 70, 80, 90 pound line. Medium swivel running up and down your main line with a loop, which means a snood with a loop, which you can tie your whatever you're weighing down to as a weak link, your old lead weights or whatever, with 15 pound line. So that's always going to snap and the weight's always going to snap off before your line. A larger swivel from your bottom of your main line, a bead just behind that, a wire crimp, a snood of 18 inches or wire. Got to have your wire trace. I wouldn't even risk mono line with these congas. I tend to use wire line with that. Going down to a single wire crimp above your hook and then a nice size 6.0 hook. The wire crimp above your hook also is just to protect the top of the hook. That could be a weak point. So using a wire trace all the way down from your main line bead and your swivel is the way to go. You've got more chances of it not breaking when you do get a conger on. But the weak link is ever so easy. That just runs up your main line. Just in front of that, put a bead, and the weight will take your bait down to where you need to be. And the weak link, a 15-pound line, will always snap off first when you're going to get snagged up. Knowing when to strike for your conga bite can be quite a difficult skill to learn, as conga can be surprisingly shy when they nibble your bait first before they take it. So this is a wise choice with conga to give them time to actually take the bait. Wait patiently. Don't get hold of your rod and pull it up, because all you do is you pull the bait away from its mouth and you'll, you won't get your fish. Wait until it takes it before striking and reeling in. However, um, if the conga is given too long, it may well make its way into a hole or into a shopping trolley I say that or whatever obstruction it can actually find and then you're never going to get it out so it's a fine line between waiting for the conga to take it as soon as you get a dramatic movement on your reel and your rod uh, then that's the time to strike for a conga but let the bite develop a little bit first otherwise you're going to get frustrated and lose what would be really lovely size conga fish if you do let a conga have too much slack forget it it will go into the rocks you never get it out they're not daft they fight like hell and they dive for the rocks beneath the sea and uh 
you know you're going to end up just pulling it until it snaps and losing your gear hence having a weak link sometimes is dead safe without losing all of your weights every half hour or so if you get quite a few conga bait using this method of patience and just waiting and also holding on to your rod does eliminate the rod being pulled into the sea another thing to think about when the bite starts to develop just make sure that you get hold of your rod but don't make any dramatic movements you'll have the rod in your hand ready um what i tend to do when i fish with them in the past is just with the big multipliers is put the ratchet on so what happens is you'll get a ratchet noise when the conga starts to move off with the bait gives you time to grab your rod uh, without it falling in or being dragged into the sea that is your conga eel good luck with it um, be careful with them when you catch them they are best caught at night as well um, so adds to the drama most of the day they tend to laze around but uh, in the night if they come on the feed you might well have a good chance of getting a conga which in itself if you're on rocks means other dangers so do be careful if you're out fishing for these congas make sure there's two or three of you and uh, be sensible and that is your species that is your conga eel good luck getting them well that's all we've got time for on this week's edition of the broadcast thanks for joining us thanks for your company don't forget we're out every thursday on your usual platforms tell your mates to make a date with the broadcast i do hope that you can go out and catch some conga eels now i hope i've dispelled some of those myths and legends around conga eels and do get luring with your sea tech lures join me again next week on the broadcast